reflection for Monday Thursday, the 9th of April 2020. Our first reading today is taken from Exodus chapter 12, beginning at the first verse. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel that on the tenth of this month they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbour in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat it. Your lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or from the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take some of the blood and put it on the two doorposts and on the lintel of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not eat any of it raw or, or boiled in water, but roasted over the fire, with its head, legs and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning you shall burn. This is how you shall eat it, your loins girded, your sandals on your feet and your staff in your hand, and you shall eat it hurriedly. It is the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all the gods of Egypt I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood I will pass over you, and no plague shall destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. Our second reading is taken from the first letter to the Corinthians, chapter 11, beginning at the 23rd verse. For I have received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup also after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant of my, in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Our Gospel reading for Monday Thursday is taken from the Gospel according to John, chapter 13, beginning at the first verse. Now before the festival of the Passover, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The devil had already put it into the heart of Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray him. And during supper, Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hand, and that he had come from God and was going to God, got up from the table, took off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. Then he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, and to wipe them with the towel that was tied around him. He came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus answered, You do not know now what I am doing, but later you will understand. Peter said to him, You will never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no share with me. Simon Peter said to him, 
Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus said to him, One who is bathed does not need to wash, except for the feet, but is entirely clean. And you are clean, though not all of you. For he knew who was to betray him. For this reason, he said, not all of you are clean. After he had washed their feet, had put on his robe and had returned to the table, he said to them, Do you know what I have done for you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, for that is what I am. So if I am your Lord and teacher, I have washed your feet, you also ought to wash one another's feet. For I have set you an example, that you also should do as I have done to you. Very truly I tell you, servants are not greater than their masters, nor are messengers greater than the one who sent them. If you know these things, you are blessed if you do them. Jesus said, Now the Son of Man has been glorified, and God has been glorified in him. If God has been glorified in him, God will also glorify him in himself with and will glory him and will glorify him at once. Little children, I am with you only a little longer. You will look for me, and as I said to the Jews, so now I say to you, where I am going you cannot come. I give you a new commandment, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also should love one another. By this everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The waiting for the beginning of the end, the point of no return towards a death is the most awful moment, the knowing and the not knowing at the same time, the piercing pain of hearts full of expectations of the agony to come, the fragile, the futile hope, the hope that perhaps this is all a bad dream, that the person is not really dying or about to die, the fervent prayers to come, the feelings of helplessness around the corner already approaching, already encroaching on our souls. These feelings will be known by all who have walked with a loved one towards their death. Moments of profound joy as you laugh with them, the moments of profound desolation as you and they realise the reality. This mixture of tearing emotion is familiar to many, and it is emotion. It is the emotion of the upper room. Joy and sorrow, laughter and bitterness, destiny and doom. This night, so many years ago, Jesus gathered with his disciples who understood something terrible was to happen to Jesus. He had prophesied as much many times to them. He would prophesy again multiple times in his farewell discourse. They were being swept along as driftwood in a river in flood, through events that would resonate throughout all of history. They were preparing to celebrate the Passover, not realising that the ultimate and final Passover lamb was before them. They had celebrated with all Jesus' entry on Palm Sunday, yet they also knew that he had prophesied his own death. They were there right there, in a place of joy and doubt, fear and faith, life and death. John tells us what Jesus will do with the last hour, with his last hours as he gathered with his friends. He says, Jesus knew that his hour had come to depart from this world and to go to the Father. Having loved his own, who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Even as his passion approaches, Jesus chooses to love. Jesus gets up from the table where they are sharing that special meal. 
takes off his outer robe and tied a towel around himself. The Passover tradition was that the least within the household would wash the feet of the guests. Yet here is the Lord doing it. Washing the feet of the disciples, all of whom will abandon him, even washing the feet of Judas, who in a few hours was to betray him to his death. Loving even Judas to the end. Peter, horrified that his Lord, the man whom he had proclaimed as the Messiah, the Son of God, tries to stop Jesus loving him, tries to stop Jesus washing his feet. Jesus gently tells Peter that unless he washes Peter's feet, Peter will have no share with him of his salvation. He explains that Peter will understand one day. Peter goes from one extreme to another. Lord, not my feet only, but also my hands and my head. Jesus explains that only his feet need to be washed. Peter, not understanding, perhaps mirrors our own misunderstanding of what Jesus does in the washing of the feet. Peter displays two extremes that often live in our hearts also, and both are unhelpful. They are self-conceit on one side and self-disgust at the other, and both must be given up if we are to accept being loved by Jesus. In the first instance, Peter had shown self-disgust. How could the Messiah, how could the Son of God, how could God wash my feet? Peter could not see how the glorious could come so low as to wash someone's feet as unclean as himself, someone so sinful. But God loves Peter everything about Peter, whom he had created in his own image. When you love someone, it isn't about worthiness. It is almost unconditional. The only condition being that true love never forces itself upon those who don't wish to be loved. Peter's self-disgust at his sinful nature, at his lowness compared to Jesus's highness, was, the only, was only a barrier if Peter let it be. Peter didn't understand, but he was invited to trust in Jesus' love. We too must not let our own self-disgust get in the way of God washing our feet of loving us. Peter then goes from one extreme to the next. If I, am worthy, if I am worthy, Lord, he mistakenly says, then wash all of me. Here his self-conceit is getting in the way of Jesus loving him. His self-pity had turned to self-pride. And he wants the maximum of what Jesus is offering, over and above his fellow disciples. But Jesus doesn't need to wash all of him. That had happened already at Peter's baptism, the washing away of the old for the new, the old life for the new birth. The washing of the feet was to wash away the accumulated dust of sin that had happened since that day when Peter was symbolically and in reality made new. All that is required from Peter is not a striving for a greater blessing, but to trust in what Jesus is doing in and for him already. His understanding is again not required. His effort is not required. His self-conceit is not required, only his permission. Jesus simply wants to love Peter. He doesn't require Peter to do anything, except to give permission for Jesus to love him. We too must not let our self-conceit get in the way of God washing our feet or so he can love us. After washing the disciples' feet, Jesus points them towards the point of the washing 
at this time of joy and anguish as he prepares for the ultimate act of love. They have received his love. They were not required to do anything to receive that love. But as recipients of that love, they must love one another. Jesus tells them plainly that where he is going, they cannot come, that their time together in this mode is coming to an end, but that they have received love. Having received that love, now they have a task, a task that will consume the rest of their lives. They are to love one another and all, just as Jesus had loved them, even though they were about to abandon him, even though Peter was to deny him, even though Judas was to betray him, still Jesus loved them. That love of God planted in them at the washing of the feet, in the sharing of the Last Supper, in the years of ministry and miracle and teaching, must now bear fruit, and they must go out to serve and love others in Jesus's physical place. This is the love that we as Christians today must simply receive and endeavour all the days of our life to share through our service and our sacrifice, all the while staying as free as we can of self-disgust and self-conceit. We, during this most unusual Holy Week, a time that seems so full of grief, of knowing and not knowing, of uncertainty and discord, feelings the disciples experienced the first Holy Week could, uh, and could sympathise could sympathize with, must also walk the way of trust and love. We may not understand, but we will trust and love. We may not know how we can help, but we will trust and love. We may not be able to see each other or be aware of Jesus, but we will trust and love. As we walk this path of joy and grief, of sadness and hope, let us commit ourselves once more to letting go of our self-disgust and our self-conceit. Accept our feet to be washed. Accept the love of Christ that he offers to us freely so that we can love one another as he loved us. Amen.